everybody, St. Paul here, and welcome to episode 37 of Music on the Run. Why do I look so professional and so good right now, you might be asking yourself? Well, first of all, I've got a little help. Tanner Montague is back here manning the camera, making the old buck look somewhat good as best that he can. We just did an interview for the morning show in Australia, and it was so much fun. Uh, but I want to talk about my next guest. He is a legend all over the world. He's the musical director and founder of The Sounds of Blackness. Gary Hines is next on Music on the Run. Before we get started here, do me a favor. Wherever you got this podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you have time and like what you're hearing, make sure you write a review. It really helps us get the word out so we can have a lot more people coming to the party. Hey everybody, I'm St. Paul Peterson. Prince gave me that nickname, and I've been lucky enough to tour with people like the Steve Miller Band, Kenny Loggins, Peter Frampton, Donnie Osmond, to name a few. And when I'm not playing music, I love to run. And this is a podcast about how we stay healthy on the road, physically, mentally, and with our families. Welcome to Music on the Run. Hey everybody, St. Paul here. Welcome to episode 37 of Music on the Run. Glad you're here. Today's a, a, a heavy day, so let me put this in context for you. We're taping this on April 21st, 2021, the fifth anniversary of the passing of Prince. And those of you who know me know I worked with him. It's also the day after the conviction of former officer Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd that happened in my hometown and my guest's hometown as well. And we're going to address that today. My guest today has conducted countless music workshops, seminars, lectures, masterclasses across the United States and internationally about the history, impact, and evolution of African-American music and culture. He's recorded with just about everybody. Stevie, Michael, Quincy, Prince, to name a few. And he is the musical director and producer of the three-time Grammy Award-winning Sounds of Blackness. Please welcome my friend, Gary Hines. <laughs> welcome, my friend. Welcome, my brother. How you doing, maestro? Man, I know you always call me maestro. Every time we yes, have an sir. interaction, that's what you call me. I have so much respect for you, man. I just so appreciate you coming on, especially surrounding this day and all its meaning. Yeah, yeah. My honor, my honor, and thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's get right into it. You know, I want to ask you how -hmm. you're feeling today after the conviction of Derek Chauvin. Um, It's really a a potpourri of emotions, uh, Maestro. Um, There's gratitude and appreciation um for for some semblance of justice finally happening because you know what happened to a brother floyd has happened to my people in one form or another for the past four centuries uh you know will smith i love the quote that he put on he said racism isn't increasing it's just being filmed uh so these kind of things have happened literally uh my brothers i know you know for four centuries in one form or of another or another, and now we're able to capture them, you know, on our devices and that kind of thing. And sometimes that's not even enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, there, there's obviously appreciation. 
uh, of justice, you know, in, in this verdict, um, but a long way to go, uh, not only still with this case, with the other three officers, but then most recently uh, with Brother Dante Wright. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. So it, it's about um, changing the system that, that's inherent, uh, you know, since, you know, the, 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 the slave experience inherent um, with, with bias. So we, we really got to get, this is, I think, a door, brother, to, to get, open the door to really deal with the root of this thing rather than take an aspirin for a tumor. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I can't co- begin to comprehend the inequality the African-American and people of color have experienced and continue to experience on a daily level. It, it, sometimes I'm blinded by it simply because I'm not black or a person of mm-hmm. color. And we, and this is no excuse, we miss it because it's yeah. not happening to us. So how can white folks become advocates what can you tell us that would help us to help our community and our brothers and sisters of color how can we bless you thank you for the spirit and and the sincerity and the integrity of that question my brother and you know what um i've been asked that a lot uh, especially by a lot of my caucasian brothers and sisters and i've got a real tangible answer because people have been legitimately asking uh, and sincerely asking, what tangibly can I do? A lot of times people will say, uh, give them, re- refer them to programs or give them kind of a generic answer that's well-intentioned, but it's nothing specific to do. I think I've got something specific to do that's going to be unconventional, but you're very simple and not cost a dime. And, and my answer to that question is to become a student of history. Okay, and now that might be, you know, your immediate reaction of, of your, your followers and listeners and viewers might be, well, you know, you know, what in the world does that have to do with this? And how, how is that relevant? And I'm just, if I may, I just I expand on an answer, explain Please. why I say. So, Maestro, one thing I've learned is that history equals humanity. There's a reason that we still have African-American history every month. And that because in 2021, the contributions of African-American people, of women, of other uh, uh, ethnicities of color are still not included in, in our curriculum uh, throughout uh, across the country. And, and not only does that create for an imbalance, but it, it's, it's beyond the legitimacy of just historical accuracy. What I say is this, and if, if, if your followers and, and listeners today don't remember anything else I say, please remember this. History equals humanity. And it just makes sense. If, if I don't know or you don't know the history, the contributions of my people to your life, to this country, to this world, it's, it's just a recipe for seeing uh, me as less than, even unconsciously, subconsciously, because you, and, and it's not because, of, uh, you know, you're, uh, or who anyone is a bad or evil person, it's because they don't know. And, and they don't know because they haven't been taught. That's where becoming a student of history comes in, right? I mean, learning uh, and really exploring the history of African-American uh, people uh, and going back to the African continent, because one thing I have to, to reiterate it, and so many of the well-intentioned uh, African-American history programs begin with the slave experience. It's like, no, that's the first mistake. Um, my ancestors are from glorious kingdoms in Africa that we've never heard of. People use the term from here to Timbuktu. They don't know that Timbuktu and Africa was the world's first university system before the Greeks. You know, the Greeks went to Timbuktu, University of Timbuktu. 
it, it, when we think we we think of Africa uh, and and we think of Tarzan and natives running around and uncivilized Africa, Egypt is is the cradle of civilization, the birthplace of humanity, uh, the richest king of all time. Probably most of your people never heard of uh, your listeners, Mansa Musa of of the Kingdom of Mali. They couldn't even calculate his wealth, uh, Maestro. And in fact, by nowadays they can, and they, his wealth for the Kingdom of Mali, and this is centuries ago, is calculated at $400 billion with a B. Mm. You know, that make Bill Gates, our friend, look like he's on welfare. But, <laughs> but we don't know that because we haven't. And again, it's, you're not a bad person if you don't know that. You haven't been taught that. So that's uh, a long way of saying how important it is to become a student of history and know the contributions of African-American people, specifically since that's who we're focusing on right now, to um, the contributions of, of American history, to world history and culture. And no matter anything, and until that happens, my brother, we, we can't, no matter how well-intentioned, we can't see each other as equals because we don't know of the contributions. Well, how beautifully and eloquently spoken was that. Oh. that- Thank it's you. true. Well, he, here's an issue, and I'm sure you know this, and it's uh, it's bias, and the bias is what are they putting in the history books for us when <laughs> we were coming up? Because right. I, I have news for you. None of that was in my history book. Exactly. Whether that's by design, which it probably was. Yes. Whatever the case may be, we aren't taught that. So we need to start at that level and go, we need to get that happening and get that in the history book so we are knowledgeable and we we can uh, learn about these absolutely incredibly important contributions of people of color. And you're right, man. Until until that happens, um, our children and our children's children will not understand. And I think we have an opportunity, in my opinion, uh, that that change is coming. Uh, that song yes, that sir. you have, hold on. on. Hold on, change, change is, is coming. coming. Yeah. And, Isn't and, that the, and, is this you know, the change we've been waiting for, Gary? Yes, yes. And, and you know, to address something you just touched on, my brother, um, in terms of still not learning it today in the curriculum, I don't believe in most instances nowadays that that is deliberate, but it's a vestige from a time of a legacy when it was deliberate. Because part of the justification of, of, of enslavement of people of African descent and, and treating them and designating them, the Constitution of the United States designated and identified and, and defined African-Americans as three-fifths human. That's what institutionalizing that is. And so uh, those who knew better at the time deliberately kept our history out of and it was in fact what was purported was we had no history. We had no background. Africa was just wild jungle. There was nothing. So these people, they had no background and therefore they're worthy of enslavement. So, of course, people don't feel that. Well, most of us don't feel that way that way now, nowadays. But from when it was deliberate, it's continued to now um, and where it's not deliberate, but it's still continuing where it's not in the books. And so now every any and every volume you want online at libraries, the most underutilized resource in our, our community, white, black, everybody is the public library. A membership costs, what, a dollar, you know, for a year, kind of for a library card. So it do- literally doesn't cost a dime, you know, to, to just undertake that in your spare time or to, or not even to, to the library, although the library is a good thing. I support them. 
uh, go online, just research and, and you'll be, uh, you'll enjoy it. It's, it's not something painful. Right. And, and it's something that, that, that is, uh, will illuminate your life. And again, history equals humanity. So it's so, so important, simple, and won't cost you anything. My mom used to have a saying, she said, and this is going back to when I was a kid, and yeah. I know you know my mom. Yeah. She said, she used to say, I'm sick and tired of waking up tired and sick. And <laughs> she used to say that to us. Yeah. Um, you have a song that you put out last year called Sick and Tired. Will you please yes. tell us about that song? Oh, absolutely. In fact, the the derivative of what you're and talk about maestro i mean you're a phenomenal mom oh. my god we you know and you're a phenomenal we, well, phenomenal mom yeah yeah both you know we we have that's a whole segment by itself yes you know. sir it um, is but you know um what uh, and just just uh, adored her man and, and you and, and her are always in my daily prayers man just but like i say I, i'm trying not to digress but you know that's, no you can't uh, that it's yeah. just you and me here right 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 it is but, yeah yeah but but but, I think you're wonderful, a beautiful, phenomenally talented mom. Um, the derivative of that is what a lot of people say nowadays. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and those words originated from the late great Fannie Lou Hamer. Um, she was, for those who don't know, again, you know, again, if you don't know, you don't know. It's cool. We just we just share that information. Fannie Lou Hamer was a great civil rights and women's rights activist. Out of Mississippi, she uh, maestro on foot uh, in 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 backwoods Mississippi uh, by herself registered thousands of people to vote. You know, out in the in the night on the back roads, beaten, uh, sexually assaulted by the Ku Klux Klan and the police. Sometimes who were one in in the same. Um, you know, at the time, um, but but she remained undaunted, and she addressed the uh, the um, Democratic National Convention in 1964. And in that speech, she said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she was talking about uh, police brutality and injustice uh, and, and, and systemic racism. The same things we're still talking about today. And so how to, that tells us that we have to get to the root. There have been so many well-meaning programs, but until we get to the root and know each other's history, it's going to go on. I was, I was saying another 50-year milestone has come up, um, and I, I bet without even asking, and I'm not really a betting man, but I bet this is one of your favorites as it is mine. The late, great Marvin Gaye uh, album, What's Going On? Um, and, and his other uh, uh, classic on the inner city blues. That was 1971, Maestro. And one of, the, one of my favorite lyrics that, uh, on inner city blues, he wrote 50, and sang and recorded 50 years ago. It says, crime is increasing, trigger happy policing. So 50 years ago, he, my, you know, Marvin was talking about, and, 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 and speaking of, of artists ahead of his time and aware, just kind of a, a little bit of a side note, I, I love Al Gore and, and, and so many things about him and, and especially his, his uh, emphasis uh, on the, the ecology. But 50 years ago, Marvin Gaye sang, mercy, mercy me, mercy the ecology, fish full of mercury, uh, radiation underground in 1971. And so, um, those artists, you know, just ahead of their time, and and we're heirs to that legacy. But but getting back to Fannie Lou Hamer, she and and we were blessed to 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 reach out to her only remaining relative, um, her daughter, uh, Cookie Jacqueline Hamer, down in Mississippi, and they you know gave us the rights to use the phrase and all that, and we we're donating a portion of any of album of a single sales 
to the, the Fannie Lou Hamer Foundation and to the George Floyd Scholarship Foundation. So you, you know us, you know, we, we don't just talk about it. We like to be about it. But uh, that's uh, my last piece. I know it's a long answer to your question, brother, but th- this is really relevant too, um, especially for everybody, but especially um, any of, of my white brothers and sisters that, that are, are uh, following this program. And I hope you do support the maestro because he deserves it. Um, to, to finish the answer about uh, how that song came about, the first night uh, after Brother Floyd was killed, uh, which it, it happened five blocks from where we rehearsed, Maestro, mm-hmm. where Sounds of Blackness rehearsed at Sabathony Community Center on 38th and 3rd. And, you know, you go to 3rd, 2nd, and then Chicago. Yeah. Um, and so we normally rehearse uh, vocal rehearsals on Tuesday evenings. Of course, I canceled that rehearsal. We all went to the rally, uh, which was just a few blocks down. I'll never forget, there were thousands of people there. I mean, if not tens of thousands of people, white, black, young women, uh, men, everybody. Um, and this teenage uh, uh, Caucasian young lady, she was carrying a Black Lives Matter sign and she was so proud and she recognized me from the group and she came up. She said, hey, Mr. Sounds of Blackness, um, you guys are one of my favorite groups. And she, I'll never forget what the next thing she said, Maestro. She said, I bet you guys are going to do a song about this but do me a favor, please don't make it a happy song. Mm. And I said, you know what, young lady, I'm going to look you in the eye and promise you that it will not be that. And right at that moment, I, I'm telling you, brother, I could, Fannie Lou Hamer's words started ruminating in, in my feeble brain, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Wow. Yeah, true story. That all started right at, the, at that night. Yep, yep. I was up that night. You would, you know, the muse wouldn't leave me alone. I know you've been there. I know yes, you, of course. I, you know, would wouldn't let me sleep. And and uh, you know, in fact, we were doing we're putting some final vocals on it um, this coming Friday. Yeah, your music. Oh no, not not on sick and tired. I'm sorry. Our new song, reparations. I'm so sorry. Oh, you got an. Well, yeah, a new, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that whenever you're ready, but yeah. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll get back to that, but don't let me forget about that. Yeah. So I've been researching you, and of course I've known you for, and so many members of The Sounds of Blackness mm-hmm. for my entire life. Um, yeah. Your message through your music is positivity, is educational. Was this a departure uh on purpose to to raise awareness of the inequality or in and the horrible murder of George, uh, do you would you say that? Um, I would say yes. I, I would say a qualified yes, uh, Maestro. And the reason I say a qualified yes is because overall, and and the short answer would be yes. And and you know it's 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 really funny because even at Black Radio, we got a lot of resistance with the song uh, to, to them. You know, some of them played it or just kind of spotty airplay. Uh, because they didn't want to offend sponsors and all that kind of thing, wow. uh, even though they love the group. And actually, they love the track. You, you and I know it's one thing. You put out a song, and you know they may like it, they may not like it. But but we were hearing across the country programmers telling us, oh, man, the track is banging. We love it. It's right today. But we're, we're concerned about putting it in rotation because we don't want to offend, you know, our, our, our sponsors or anyone kind of thing. Um, and so politics and they were involved. Looking, you got politics, brother. And they were looking for... Sounds of Blackness, and I get it, and they told us as much. They said, we were looking for, like, another optimistic, or, you know, everybody hold hands and let's come together. Obviously, we're, we're ultimately about that, you know, yes. but even the Bible tells us there's a time to, to, uh, 
to embrace and a time for re- to refrain from embracing that we really finally had to look this thing smack in the face and, and really try to, to, to deal with it firsthand. And, and so, yeah, we came harder than we normally do with Sick and Tired, and we're coming normally harder than we normally do with this next single called a Rep- Time for Reparations as well. Fascinating. And good yeah. for you, man. And yeah. it's funny that the politics have to get involved. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's just the way the music business can be. And, and, you, and you know who uh, the primary um, <laughs> inspiration for that was? Hmm. And how ironic it that this is the fifth and it was Prince. Um, Prince, who, you know, I was blessed to know, as I know you did, knew and worked with and all that for years and years. Blessed to know and, and, and be friends and brothers, really, for 40 years easily. Right. He would call, and, and I bet he did this with you as well. He would call two or three in the morning, you know, uh, like it was middle of the day, you know. And uh, w- one of our last conversations, I'll never forget, he had just done the song Baltimore. Um, oh, yeah. so, so people, again, it's come up in other interviews, you know, what do you think Prince would have done? I was like, believe me, he would have been out on 38th in Chicago, I guarantee you. There's no way he would have went to Baltimore written that song and something like this happened in Minneapolis and he wasn't involved. So I've, I'm clear about that. But one of the things uh, in, our, in one of our last conversations, um, he, even, he, he took me to task. He said, uh, and, and you know how he would, he would frequently call you by your full name? You know, even though he's known you forever, it's like, uh, Gary Hines. Uh, there's sometimes I'm going to tell you Gary Hines. Uh, <laughs> and yes, I called would. him Maestro often too. And I said, what's that Maestro? And he said, well, Gary Hines, um, Sounds of Blackness, you know, really needs to be about the blackness, really uplift our youth, especially, and, and, and tell the message a little bit stronger even. You know, you guys are sometimes, um, you know, uh, not, not hard enough with the message, Gary Hines, kind of. And so I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So this was, that's why we wound up dedicating our song Royalty, which is uh, about four years old now, to him, because he was part of, now Royalty wasn't as hard, but it was a, a statement you know, we got a message from above. You ain't no thug. You're royalty. So that was directed at our youth, and that was really Prince inspired. Hmm. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Not only are you an incredible band, uh, but you also are an educator. You you go throughout the world talking about the history and the impact and the evolution of the African American music and culture. Uh, mm. I'm fascinated by that because I think that is it, it must be part of your calling as well, or equally. Do, would you say that? Yeah. Um, I think so. Great questions too, by the way, Maestro. Um, I, I would like to think yes. Um, you know, we we use the word sometimes edutainment. You know, right? Um, yeah, you know, and I, I I know your hip kind of thing. And so, and you know what? It's always um, I always wind up feeling like I'm I'm receiving more than I may be giving. Because it, it's, it's energizing to me um, to be able to rotate within what you and I do. So uh, as much as I love, you know, the piano is my wife, I'd say it. As much as I love to play, some, and then, then performing and all the kind of things and, and the rigors of rehearsal. And we enjoy that, but, you know, you can get burnt out. So now it's time to do something different. Now you, you're doing a lecture or, or an interview or, or a music workshop. And you're in the element, but in a, in a different sphere kind of thing. And then it energizes you. You know, for the next time you come back around just to the hardcore music. So I, I really do enjoy it. And it, it's an honor and a blessing. I, I need to sit in one of these seminars sometime. I, you know, I would, <laughs> I would love that. 
Uh, you know, in fact, I, I want to invite you. I just got an invite. And, and it's funny because I've been, it, we, we all know about, you know, an artist in their own land and that whole uh, quoting kind of thing or being, yes. being unappreciated because I've, I've actually historically done more workshops overseas, you know, Japan, Europe and, and out of the state than I have right here in Minneapolis kind of thing. But I did get a call to do um, an extended one for uh, St. Paul Public School, Middle Schools. Um, and that will be, um, no, actually, that, that's going to be uh, Bloomington. It's going to be held in Bloomington. Um, and that will be June 20th through July 20th. Um, and I believe it's open kind of thing. I know I'm working with like uh, middle schoolers kind of thing, okay. but I think it's open to the community. So I'll, I'll, I'll as I get more information, man, I'll, I'll uh, let, it'd be great to have you come sit in, you know. I'm there. If you need me, I'm there. I know that about you. I would I would love to be involved. I'd like to be a, a, a mouse in the corner learning, though. But if you need me involved, I'm there. Gary, I, when I was looking at your website, I see a phrase appear many, many different times. And it's, we give thanks and praise to God for all things and everyone. What does that phrase mean? Yes. Well, you know... None of this, none of us, none of these things are, are possible without God. You know, a lot of times people ask, uh, 50 years, you know, and, and, and uh, my goodness, uh, how, how are you guys, you know, able to do what you do or how was I able to do? And, you know, um, first of all, I say these three things, only by the grace of God, um, by the dedication of, of great singers and musicians yeah a lot of times our band doesn't get the the the, uh, the love that it should but i'm trying to, to to rectify that and the third component is is you brother and that is you know there's a scripture that says how will they hear without a preacher well when it comes to music uh how will people hear without an interview without a dj you know without without a blog without a whatever it may be and so those three components first and foremost by the grace of god the dedication of sounds of blackness members the support uh of people who play uh, at the music and, and, and support us like yourself kind of thing. And we, we love supporting you mutually as well. Uh, you and Patty and, and all your mega talented family kind of thing. But um, so to me, those are, are clearly the, the three elements, you know, uh, but first and foremost, only by the grace of God. And we, we, um, we give thanks, you know, for all of those things for, for everything we do. My family has loved you and the Sounds of Blackness for a long time. <laughs> We've enjoyed your longevity. Mm. What do you think is the secret sauce that has made this band last for 50, Gary, 50 <laughs> I <years>? know. <laughs> you know, there's the old spiritual that I know you know. Uh, my soul looks back and wonders, you know, how I got over it. <laughs> um, and it's like, really, has it been 50 years since the McAllister days? So shout out to McAllister College, our alma mater. Yes, McAllister but I would say College. the same three elements, um, brother. The risk of repetition. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a, a proud uh, Mac uh, uh, alum, and uh, we still enjoy uh, a working relationship with the college. As a matter of fact, and, and right. uh, we'll be doing some things there, you know, in in commemoration of this 50th. But uh, I think again, our longevity. Well, no, I think I know only by the grace of God and the dedication of the members. And now I would add one other component: the support of of the. I was going to say the Twin Cities, but the whole Minnesota community, because we've, we've done a lot and continue to do a lot throughout the state of Minnesota. Um, you know, uh, I mean, beyond the Metro, the Twin Cities Metro uh, many times and, and the, the support, the love, the prayers, um, the enthusiasm, um, 
the donations, we're, we're actually a nonprofit corporation. You know, we have been since 1975. People have donated and had helped to sustain us. So in so many ways, um, young, old, black, white, Latino, Asian, Native, everybody, people of all different faith traditions have supported Sounds of Blackness um, uh, spiritually, uh, culturally, uh, and financially. And, and, and we appreciate that more than we could ever say. Let me tell you something, and this is coming from me, but I think I speak on behalf of not only my family, but all of Minnesota, saying that we depend on you. Wow. We lean on you. Wow. We look to you for comfort, for uh, word, for your spirituality, for mm. your leadership, for your straight talk, and always mm. being real. And to help us get through things like we're going through this last year here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we, you know, we ain't out of the woods. I know that you know no, that, but no. but we. I just want to publicly say thank you for us being able to lean on you. It's nice to be able to turn to someone like you and go help. Oh, and you've been that you. person that we can turn to, that band, that that rock. So uh, we really do appreciate you, man. It's an honor beyond words, man. And, and uh, one of uh, my other dear friends and brothers, uh, former governor, uh, Jesse Ventura, uh, oh, yeah. and he and I, we, we go Let back to the Let me tell you something, brother. Right, right. <laughs> you know, him and, and, and his wonderful wife, Terry, who I, you know, I consider him my brother. I consider her my sister. But uh, when 9-11 happened and uh, they had the, uh, out on the, uh, the, the lawn of the Capitol, um, the big 9-11 uh, memorial. I mean, people of all races, you name it, people of all backgrounds were there. And the, the first group he called, and I got with those scales in that voice, Gary, I want the Sevens of Blackness to sing the national anthem and to be, you know, to support. And so we, we were there, you know, and it, it was, so in terms of that leaning on, we just see that we don't, we don't see that ever as a, as a, as a challenge or a burden, my show. That, that's a blessing um, that people, to be able to do that, that's, I, I'm sure, part of our purpose. Oh, for sure. It yeah. doesn't come out, it doesn't seem like it weighs on you. It seems like it yeah. invigorates you. Yes, exactly. Couldn't have better, said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go back a little ways. Talk about yeah. the early days of the Sounds of Blackness. Oh, okay, gladly. Um We're going to take a little break from the interview right now because I want to tell you about a couple of really cool things. First of all, we're having so much fun with our weekly one-minute funk jams called Funk Friday. We've had so many world-class musicians on Funk Friday, including members of the Steve Miller Band, Fleetwood Mac, Daryl Hall and John Oates, Earth, Wind & Fire, just to name a few. You can check that out on all of our social media, but you can also see it on our YouTube channel. I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of our members who have supported us on Patreon. Don't know what Patreon is? Go to www.patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast, and there you'll get all sorts of information on how you can financially help us produce this podcast. There are all kinds of incentives listed there on the website, and there are many different levels on how you can become involved. We could not put on this podcast without our patrons. All right, let's get back to the interview. Oh, okay, gladly. Um, 
1969, uh, the college, McAllister College uh, Maestro, embarked on a very ambitious program to uh, conscientiously recruit students of color onto campus uh, called EEO, and it still exists. Uh, EEO stands for Expanded Educational Opportunities. And they were very successful with it. At one time of a ca- on a campus of about 2,000, there were almost 200 students of color that hadn't been there before, uh, primarily African-American, but actually uh, of, of many different ethnicities and, and nationalities. And one of the, the outgrowths of that uh, was that the students themselves organized a number of different activities. There was a theater group called Black Arts Midwest. There was a, a, a political group, which still exists, called BLAC, the Black Liberation Affairs Committee. And there was this 50-voice choir called the McAllister College Black Voices under the direction of, of our uh, emeritus founder, Brother Russell Knighton. He's a native of Beaumont, Texas. And uh, okay. I saw him just the other day, unfortunately, at a funeral, but at least it was a oh. good chance to see him. Mm-hmm. But... Um, in 1971, uh, my sophomore year, uh, in fact, it was January of 71, um, Russell uh, asked me to come on uh, as director for what was then the McAllister Black Voices. And I was really honored and flattered because they were excellent back then, you know, um, primarily singing, you know, um, freedom songs, some gospel, you know, um, it was it was, you know, the early 70s. So, you know, it was about uh, all different types of awareness kind of thing, whether it was uh, you know, the, the black power movement or, or, or women's movement or the, uh, the ecology or, or, or Vietnam, all those things. It, in fact, in that day, whoever you were, young, old, black, white, male, female, it wasn't a question of whether or not you were involved in the movement. The only question was which part of the movement are you involved in or more <laughs> yeah. than one. So that was the backdrop for what be, we became Sounds of Blackness. And, and the final part of the answer to your question is, uh, how we made the leap from McAllister uh, Black Voices to the Sounds of Blackness. Well, mm-hmm. for when I came on, you know, the the vision God gave me with this with this wonderful ensemble was to continue the tradition of of the great Duke Ellington. Now that that frequently surprises a lot of people. I'm going to say something that I know you know, but many of your listeners may or followers may not. Um, we hear Duke's name, and of course, we think of jazz, and we should. But too many people don't know that Duke wrote, recorded, and performed spirituals, blues, anthem, gospel, every sound of blackness. He did the music of the culture, primarily jazz, yes, but not exclusively by any means. In fact, as I know, you know, he did four sacred works uh, with extent, you know, Come Sunday, uh, titles like, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. Um, I mean, just... Uh, volumes of the spirituals and gospel and anthems and hymns and some blues. And, and so it, we can't take credit for, for the template of, of, of embodying the music of a culture and of a people. Uh, Duke Ellington laid that template and, and, and we, we just uh, followed in that path and we needed a name that would reflect the, the, the fact that we were uh, going to be performing every sound of the black experience. So hence the name and the reason for the name sounds of blackness. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. 50 years, my, my yes, dear sir. friend. Lots <laughs> yeah. of ups and downs, lots of yeah. wonderful opportunities, lots of people coming and going, I'm sure. Yes. And you uh, ha- are the one who has to keep it all together. Is that a lot of pressure on you? Um, It, it is, you know, um, but, you know, as, as I know you've heard said, and it's so true, um, you know, God doesn't give us any more than we can handle kind of thing. 
uh, even though it, it sure kind of feels that way sometimes, but, but he doesn't. Um, and, and yes, in terms of the coming and going, uh, I'll say two things quickly about that. Um, a number of our current members, Maestro, are actually offspring of our original members. So, like, I know, I, I, yeah, how about it? And so we kind of refer to the current crop as Sounds of Blackness uh, next or second generation because sure. many of them are. I mean, I know you know Jamesia. Of course you know, I Jamesia, do. You know, she, of course, is Anne and uh, Nesby's daughter. Yep. Um, I mean, and there's so many. Um, Brandon Commodore, you know, who, who great drummer, as I know you know. Traveled and, with um, him. I love him. Right, right, right. So for years, he was our drummer. And, of course, our original drummer was Bobby Commodore. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it goes on. And his sister, Ashley, you know, was a member as well before they both went on to go uh, on the road with Stokely. And so, and, and we, we're, ble- we're blessed with some illustrious uh, alumni as well. A lot of people don't know that when he first moved to Minneapolis from Natchez, Mississippi, uh, the first band that he joined was not Flight Time, but was Sounds of Blackness. I'm talking about Alexander O'Neill. Ah, uh, uh, what? I didn't know yes, that. Yes, I, I promise you, he will probably tell you. you. Yep. Yeah, man, That's I was in fantastic. Sounds of Blackness. And, and, and I never forget his audition. We were auditioning that day. He showed up for audition. Of course, I didn't know he was kind of thing. And, you know, uh, I can probably count on one hand over all these years of times. I've just stopped an audition short, uh, but I stopped his short. It's like, <laughs> brother, welcome aboard. You know, it's like, <laughs> what I mean, a voice. Clear, right, right. Oh, my God. It's like, you know, we, we, you know, we, we ain't going to play that much. This is amazing. So, yeah, um, he's an alum. Um, Cynthia Johnson, who people may not know my name, but of Funky Town fame. I know everybody knows that record. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, uh, will tell you that she was a former uh, Proud Sounds of Blackness member. Um, and so uh, blessed with great alum. And, and that, in fact, uh, that's another one. Her daughter, Anika, is, uh, was in the studio with us last night. Really? Um, you know, over at Creation. Yeah, so. We, so that's the, right. I've run into you at, at, at my studio. That's fantastic. I don't know. I know. <laughs> like I say, this, this could be like two or three series that you and I, you know, just talk about all this stuff. I so, know. Um, great alumni and second generation. Talk about how you connected with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and how that changed the trajectory of the Sounds of Blackness. Yes, yes. Well, uh, as with uh, you and my family, um, the Hines family and um, the Harris family and the Lewis family literally go back to the 70s. Again, a parental uh, uh, connection first and foremost. Um, Jimmy Jam's uh, mom, uh, Mama Jam, rest her soul, uh, such a wonderful woman. She uh, uh, taught piano pedagogy, a piano teacher. Um, and of course his dad, Cornbread Harris, who I know, you know, and I'm sure have worked with. Just did a record um, with him literally a yeah, month okay. ago. Yeah, but exa- and I'm not surprised. So, um, and they, you know, both, uh, knew and worked with my mom kind of thing. This is before anybody was anybody, you know, that mm. they are now kind of thing. So there was that familial uh, tie in between families, uh, between parents and in the community way before any of this other, you know, public stuff happened, you know, with, with, with flight time and so on and so forth. Um, but early on, uh, the second part of the, the, the answer would be this, Maestro, and that is um, it show you how things come full circle. Um, it was 1988, and uh, we got a call. I got a call from, from, from Terry Lewis. Um, but, but before that, you know, back in the 70s, we would appear on the same shows. It would be, you know, uh, Prince, it would be, uh, uh, the flight time band, you know, it would be all Morris, all of those, you know, doing things like the Miss Black Minnesota pageant or the 
the Northside Festival, and we'd be backstage. So we knew each other and heard each other's music for years. And uh, 1988, Alexander O'Neill is doing is what I think is actually, and not because we're on it, if not his greatest, one of his greatest records, uh, his Christmas album called My Gift to You. Mm. And uh, Terry called us in to do a background of vocals on it. And so we had come full circle already. Here we are singing background vocals on a form of the the album of a former member. Right. And the session, it went so well that they said, man, you guys got time to do another one? Say, yes. So we, then we did another uh, uh, right there, that same. This is at, on, on 42nd and Nicollet. Uh, sure, 43rd, I know that's the studio. original. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. We, the no, second no s- studio. The first one was Creation on was Old cre- Chagabay yes. Road. Okay. Yes, my correction. And, and thank, <laughs> that's a good, that, that's a legit correction. So thank you. And, and so, yeah, so this is this is before, you know, Edina uh, 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 glory and that kind of thing. But um so we did the second song, and I'll never forget. We were on. I was the group had left, and uh, I was on my way out the door. And uh, uh, Terry uh, hollered out to me, said, "Doc, him and Jamin always call me Doctor. They were Doc. And say, Doc, uh, what what label are you guys on? We got to do the paperwork." And I said, "We ain't on no label, you know." <laughs> he said, "Oh, really?" He said, "I'm gonna call you next week." And and the rest is history. Is that right? They signed you. That, yes. Yep. Did they write a lot of those uh, songs with you, or was that with those Jam and Lewis complete songs that they wrote for you? Uh, the the one that we we wrote together uh, was and is optimistic. Um, Big song, and, and that, man. Oh, Big song. bless you, bless you, bless Ooh. you, brother. Um, but but many of the ones that you know were the other big um, singles and hits kind of thing uh, were, were Jam and Lewis uh, production. Got it. That must have been a fascinating time with those guys. Like oh you said, my God. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, just amazing. And it's funny because uh, speaking of full circle, um, it, it's such a blessing that it, a few things that were extraordinary with, I'll try to condense this. Uh, I just spoke with Terry yesterday, like at length. In fact, right when we were all on pins and needles, you know, waiting for the verdict and all that kind of yes. things. He were, you know, and I, you know how busy he is. We were on the phone probably a half hour, which actually surprised me. But uh, he was like Prince in that you could tell if somebody really knew him or didn't know him because, you know, the people that don't know Prince would say, oh, he's quiet. He doesn't talk much. It's like, really? Yeah. When he would call at two or three in the morning, he would talk for like <laughs> hours. Like, you know, and, and Terry Lewis is the same way. He, he may be quiet in public, but when he's got something to say, he's got a lot to say. So we were talking yesterday and, and you know, just about everything that was happening and all that kind of thing. And we, we, we floated back to our original days and all that kind of thing. And some Jam and Lewis told us when they first signed us, which is, I know you know, the exact parallel opposite of, of, of what uh, artists are usually told when they're signed to a major label. They said, Doc, don't change. We want to present Sounds of Blackness to the world just the way you are. You know, the, <laughs> the industry is notorious for do, wanting to do that, but bring an artist on and change up everything, your look, your sound, yes. and, and make you sound like whoever the flavor of the day is. But uh, they didn't do that, and uh, to their credit. And, and so we maintained a relationship with them. Uh, we, we performed with them, uh, well, a couple of years ago now, but the Super Bowl was here and all that kind of thing. Right. Um, and so the, the, the relationship is on, the relationship preceded all of the fame and, and, and will uh, go beyond, you know, whatever fame and, 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 uh, uh, notoriety is, is uh, we've been blessed with. That sounds like family to me. Family affair. Come on now. 
That's what that's like, like. Like 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 you and me, family. Yeah. Before we move on, I want to just say congratulations on the Grammy Awards, the Stellar Awards, the Emmy nomination, the <laughs> International Time for Peace Award, the Inter- the NAACP Award. That that must be nice to have to be recognized. You know what it is, brother. You know, I'm. You know, we used to say back in the day, you can't fake the funk. So I'm gonna keep it 100 and say yes. We 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 cherish those awards. But 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 let me let me let me qualify it with one quick thing. In my kitchen, uh, uh, just just a, a few feet away from me, is a note from a young Caucasian lady in the UK in the UK in London, who I'll never forget this. This happened uh, several years ago. It's a handwritten note. We were at the end of a concert. Uh, I think we were at, at uh, uh, either the Palladium or Royal Albert Hall, one of them kind of thing, big concert pack. And we could see we're doing our, our last number, you know, grand finale kind of thing. Um, and we, I could see in this crowd, I'm still at my keyboard, I could see this kind of diminutive young lady, you know, just fighting her way for the crowd. She, she had her hand overhead waving, you know, something. And I was like, okay. So she fought her way, long story short, passed all the big burly security guards mm-hmm. on that and made her way up to the stage to, to my piano kind of thing and handed me this note that's sitting in my kitchen. And it says, uh, when my mother died, optimistic saved my life. Oh. And so what that has to do with the Grammys and all that, the reason I bring that up, uh, Maestro, is because the Grammys and all that, we treasure them. We'd be lying if we said we didn't. We would never say that. But really... When people make expressions like that, that's nothing, like the beer commercial says, doesn't get any better than this. Music is a healer, and you've been healing for over 50 years. By the grace of God, yes, sir, brother. (laughs) It's true. Okay, I'm switching gears on you one last time, and then I'm going to let you go. This this podcast is called Music on the Run. What that means is I want to talk to you about health. I always talk to my artists about what keeps them going? What keeps them healthy? How do you stay healthy mentally, physically on the road? How do you how do you keep your relationships together? So you, Gary, you've mm. been in shape since the minute I laid eyes on you, man. You, how do you how do you take care of yourself? Give me a day in the life of Gary on the road. Well, um, not that different from 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 Gary, you know, here in the apartment, you know, uh, in the hood kind of thing, and and just. Um, to get up, uh, first thing always starts with, with prayer and then, uh, you know, of course, wash up and all that kind of thing. And then right into usually some cardio before I do my weights kind of thing. And and, and sometimes I'll, I'll pray while I'm doing my cardio, sure. um, you know, just kind of a meditative thing. kind of. So, so you know, I, I remind everyone uh, that, that I come in contact with that, that more than uh, the reality is that more than been being human beings, having a spiritual experience, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Whoa. And so, you know, so you got to nourish that spirit and, and acknowledge that, you know, whether or not you're even a person of faith, you know, and you don't pray and, you know, I'm, I'm still cool with you, but you still got to get that inner center, that spirit, whether it's meditation or, or positive thoughts, whatever you want to put on it and whatever your faith tradition is. Um, so my answer to your question, Maestro, is to first get in tune and in touch with that every day, you know, if, for you and I as believers, you know, we, that's, we do what we do and, and you know, in, in, in Jesus name and, to the, but you know, whoever you are, just to get in touch with that spiritual center, uh, and then follow that. I always say, uh, perseverance is followed by preparation and perspiration. Then you got to sweat. You know, I believe I tell my singers all the time, 
And sometimes, especially my female singers, don't appreciate it as much. Uh, but I, I tell them that singing is a sport, you know. A lot of pe- people think of singing as something kind of dainty, you know, kind of, this is sweaty, gritty stuff, you know, using the whole body, you know, in the phonation and the sound, in the uh, uh, sound-making process. I talk, I sound like I'm in one of my seminars now. But I, I remind them that singing is a sport. And so um, the better condition you are in, the better you'll be able to do what it is you want to do, singer and musicians. And, and uh, the final piece of it is, Maestro, I encourage them. Now, you know, yeah, I'm a gym rat. I always have been. Yeah, I was there this morning, by the grace of God. But, but no, it's not about that. Um, exercise physiologists, uh, especially these days, encourage people to do whatever they did as a child um, because your body doesn't associate that with work. So if you skated, skate. If you biked, bike. You know, if you swam, swim. You know, it's not about joining a gym necessarily at all. If you walk or skip, walk or skip, you know, people look at you funny. People going to look at you funny anyway. You you might as well be getting some exercise. So um, connecting the fact that spirit, mind and body are one, um, uh, rehearsing, practicing your craft every day, scales, you know, work about it, but also um, being in condition to do that by any means that you choose. Beautiful. Yeah. You you have looked like you could pick me up with one hand <laughs> like this since I've I've known you, my friend. It, it, it's it's just the shirt. It's just the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's the guy in the shirt. <laughs> so tell me what's next for you, Gary. What's what's up? You see that you said you have a new single coming out. Yeah, and in fact, yeah, the answer is yes. And actually, more than one. We're gonna uh, one of the things that that in talking to Terry Lewis yesterday, uh, he reiterated something that that some of um your, your followers may not know, but I know you know that these days uh, the industry is singles driven and not album driven at all. And so uh, he, he um, commended sounds for, for releasing our singles as we have been doing almost annually now for the past few years. And, but now, and he was saying simultaneously, simultaneity is good. And so Jamesia, um, and again, we, we just put uh, the, I think the last vocal sign, some of the last vocals last night has a great song. Uh, called You're Gonna Win. Uh, and we were just at your at your studio last night, uh, not even 24 hours, um, uh, putting those vocals on. And so we're looking to simultaneously release um, You're Gonna Win and keep that positive, inspirational thing. It's as positive as the title sounds kind of thing. Okay. Upbeat on it kind of thing. Um, and on the more serious side, um, I'm, I've got one that we may even just do online and more of as, as a novelty and, and just as, as a cause and for commercials. It's called Time for Reparation. Um, and uh, it's in a minor and, and, and it's heavy. It's, it, it's got a funk to it and all that kind of thing. But, but it, it's not the, the, the upbeat uh, uh, track that, that uh, you're going to win. And then our own Carrie Harrington, you, if you don't know Carrie, I know you, know, you would recognize her when you see her. Okay. She's one of our veteran members. Has got another great one um, called Hold Up Your Light. And as, again, as the title implies, uh, in a major and an upbeat and, and just a great track as well. So we're looking to, to, to get all three of those out there um, uh, this summer, really. Uh, it's summer into fall. Do you have some shows coming up as well, I hope? <laughs> we do. As a matter of fact, we want to invite everyone. Um, let me get this day right. I pray that this is the correct day. I believe it is June 9th, um, Wyzetta Community Church. Um, they have their, their summer series of uh, music outdoor worship. And everybody, uh, don't let the word worship throw you for followers. Come on out. 
It's free. They have ice cream. People are on the lawn in, in shorts and tees and tank tops. You know, it's that kind of laying out on the grass, a clapping to the music, all that kind of thing. Yeah, yes, NYZ. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, they do a brief word. I mean, like a, a, a mini sermon or sermonette, whatever you kind of call. Uh, but, but it's a really fun time. People bring a lot of dogs and cats. People bring their pets. So it, it, it's really more of a music picnic, you know, for the community. And I'm pretty sure that that's June 9th. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but we please can look go on to your website, web- though, right? Yes, soundsofblackness.org.org. Um, and it's there. And you also can purchase uh, a sick and tired t shirt. And, and a portion of that goes to the George Floyd Scholarship Foundation and Fannie Lou Hamer Foundation. So uh, you can get the correct uh, date there. And uh, of course, you know, we're looking down the road um, in December um, to uh, do a Christmas performance, you know, with you guys. So, uh, but there's, there'll be more than that in between. Oh, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Before June 9th, because this is what Terry called about. Okay. Uh, God, <laughs> it's all I, good. I, please forgive me. I ignore that man behind the curtain, as they said. In the <laughs> the uh, you're oh, not alone. I just want to let you know that. Yeah, it, what, what he called for, um, speaking of the George Floyd uh, Foundation, oh, thank you, Lord. That was because it would have been bad to miss this. Um, there will be a one-year anniversary concert uh, at George Floyd Square, 38th in Chicago, um, which is a Tuesday. Um, that that late afternoon, early evening, I think it's going to start like four or five o'clock. Um, they're going to set up a sound stage, and this is an, obviously in commemoration of of the one year anniversary of losing Brother Floyd. Right there, you know, going to have it right at George Floyd Square. Um, they're bringing in uh, artists, uh, Common, um, and uh, sounds are going to do it as well. And I believe there's going to be other artists as well. But that that so that's the next major one. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a, a free event. Just and the street for everybody, uh, and now can have a much more positive tone to it. Of course, yes, of course, right, Gary. You're a you're you're a leader. I, uh, you're a you're a a, a brother uh, to yeah. to the Peterson family. Um, we adored your mother. Yeah. She was the queen, and she and, loved uh, you. We had yeah. two queens, didn't we? Two, two That's royalty, right. brother. I'm telling you, weren't we lucky to have those ladies in our life? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, there's there's no words. I mean, both of them internationally renowned and acclaimed. I mean, you know, beyond beyond nationally and locally, internationally renowned and acclaimed, uh, not only uh, uh, in in the the public eye, but in the industry. You know, just I mean, just having that esteem is just they they both uh, just. In the words of Maya Angelou, phenomenal women. Yes, yes. And we, yeah. we have good genes because of that. <laughs> and we got no, we got great genes before That's that. right. Yeah, yeah, we do, brother. Yeah, we do. Gary, thank you so much for spending an hour with us. It's been, you know, this is a great way for us to start our new hang, and and I'm coming for you. I brother, brother, I know we shouldn't have to be find ourselves. Well, we have to get over. It's like musicians. I know musicians have to do this. We get busy and we have to we have to set up a gig in order to hang. It's that's just I what know. it is. It isn't anything more than that. Yeah, the restaurants Much love open to you, And so, thank so we, you for. Oh, I'm talking over you. you I'm sorry. No, oh, no, 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 no. I was just gonna say we got to at least you know grab breakfast or something kind of thing sooner than later for sure. I'd love that. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Gary Hines. 
You guys, that's it for this episode 37 of Music on the Run. Whoo, I couldn't have picked a more perfect guest than Mr. Gary Hines. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Music on the Run was hosted by yours truly, St. Paul Peterson. Edited and produced by my buddy, David Razo. Artist relations by Owen Sartori. Video editing by Tanner Montague. And a very special thanks to the people who financially support this podcast. And remember, racism isn't increasing. It's just being filmed. Yeah. Ooh.